Good morning. I'm Noel Deere, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Nacogdoches, Texas. Welcome to this morning's daily devotion. I hope these next few minutes will encourage you as you seek to learn God's word and abide with Christ. Our focus this morning is James chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. If you remember back to verse 2 earlier in the week, we read that the instruction from James was to consider it great joy whenever you experience various trials. That seems like an unusual command, but we learned a few days ago exactly what that meant. Today, we're going to continue that theme in verse 12. Listen to how it begins. Blessed is the one who endures trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. He begins by talking about those who endure trials. What does it mean to endure a trial? It doesn't just mean to survive the trial. It means to survive the trial with our faith intact, to come out of the other end of the trial, still loving God and trusting God to endure trial. Now, why does he say that we're blessed if we endure trials? Well, trials, according to this verse, are tests to confirm the genuineness of our faith. Did you know that no man can know for certain if his faith is genuine until it's tested? Many people will say, Lord, Lord, the Bible says, but it still not be a genuine faith. You think, well, maybe the person who says, Lord, Lord, they understand that their faith is not genuine. They're just trying to deceive the people around them. No, the Bible says we can be deceived about our own faith. So how can we know for certain that our faith is genuine? Well, when we go through trials, when we endure those trials with our faith intact, that confirms our faith. It gives us the assurance that our faith is real. That's why trials are good things. We should rejoice with trials because they give us an opportunity to confirm our faith. Now, he says here at the end of verse 12, when we go through those trials, we endure those trials, that we will be given the crown of life. There's much we could say here, but understand it this way. We'll receive the crown, which is life. He's not just talking about a piece of jewelry that you'd put on your head. I mean, that uh, might have some value to some, but what he's talking about is something far greater. He's talking about eternal life. Those who uh, have genuine faith in God that will be demonstrated by their endurance of trials with their faith intact, those people are going to receive the crown, which is life, eternal life. Look at verse 13. No one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Now, this can be a little confusing. Uh, we learn here that trials often come from God. Some of the difficult things we go through, those things have come from God. And we also know from experience that trials can bring temptation. We go through a financial trial. We're tempted perhaps to do something that would be sinful uh, with our finances. We go through a relationship trial. We might be tempted to be dishonest about something. So trials can come from God and trials often bring temptation. 
But he wants us to know here, the temptation is not from God. The trial may be from God and trials may prompt temptation, but the temptation is not from God. So when you're in a trial, when you're in a difficulty, there will be two tendencies in you. There will be, if you're a child of God, there will be a tendency, there will be uh, an appeal, a conviction to follow the Lord and endure. That is from God. And then there will be a tendency to sin and to compromise. The source of that tendency, uh, that, that source is elsewhere. And we're going to see here in just a moment where that comes from. Temptation never comes from God. Now that instructs us that we should never blame God for our temptation. We should never say God put us in a, in a lose-lose situation. God tempted me to sin. We should also not blame our temptation on things that God controls. We shouldn't say, I sinned because of my circumstances. I sinned because it, life was hard. I sinned because the relationship was bad. I sinned because of people. I sinned because of the timing of things. All of those are just fancy ways of blaming our temptation on God. And he reminds us here, God does not tempt us. Now, before we go on, and he's going he's gonna to explain this further, I, I think verse 13 tells us something as well, just about the character of God. He says here that God is not tempted. That is a reference, uh, one of many, many in the Bible, that is a reference to the holiness of God. God is not just a refined version of man. God is in a completely different category. See, to be holy means to be different. It means to be separate. God's not just a little bit stronger than I am. God's strength, well, it's in a whole different category than my strength. God's knowledge is not just a little greater than my knowledge. No, God's knowledge is in a whole different category. And when it comes to temptation, God is not tempted. It, it, it's not just that he's a little better at handling temptation than I am. It's that God He's in a completely different category. He is holy and he is not tempted. I was working in my wood shop a couple of days ago and I'm building something that includes a magnet and I was testing the strength of the magnet. And so I put it in the, uh, in the little thing that I was building and I wanted to see how much uh, pull it had. And so I reached over and I grabbed uh, 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 another little tool that I, that I used that, that was made of metal and I held it near the magnet to see how much pull I had. It had no pull. And then I recognized I had picked up something made out of aluminum. Uh, and the magnet has no effect on the aluminum. Then I picked up something made of steel and the magnet pulled on it. Uh, th those are completely different substances. The magnet has no effect on the aluminum. Temptation has no pull on God. It's not just that God is better at saying no. It's that God cannot be tempted. Let's look at verses 14 and 15 together. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. And then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Now he tells us here to begin with the origin of sin. Sin comes from our own hearts, 
our own evil desires. Sin doesn't come from God. Uh, temptation doesn't come from circumstances. It doesn't come from other people. It doesn't come primarily from Satan. If there were no other people, if uh, Satan uh, had had no influence on us at all, uh, if circumstances were perfect in our lives, we would still uh, be tempted to sin, and we would still sin. The Bible teaches us that our hearts are wicked and deceitful. Jeremiah seventeen nine says it well. The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? It's not just an issue of the fact that we sin. Uh, we don't just sin. We are sinners. That's who we are. We're not sinners because we've sinned a few times. We sin a few times, more than a few times, because we are sinners. That's in our heart. Sin comes from our fallen nature. Now, this, these two verses not only tell us that, but then it, it gives us a little bit of, a, of an anatomy of sin. So sin starts with us, and according to these two verses, it starts with deception. We're deceived. We don't know the truth. And then that deception leads to desire. We have a desire uh, that that comes from the, the, the sinful heart that is within us. We desire something that is wrong. And then desire leads to disobedience. And then he says disobedience leads to death. We need to understand the uh, the progressive nature of, of sin, the anatomy of sin. We also need to understand right there the consequences of sin. Ultimately, sin brings death. Apart from Christ, sin brings eternal death. Sin brings death. People need to know that. People uh, in, in, our, in our culture, in our time, uh, pe people are so casual about sin. Sin brings death. I think about what the Puritans wrote about uh, sin and death. Uh, John Owen wrote, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Uh, Thomas Manton said it this way, either sin dies or the sinner dies. Uh, but it's, it's never been said better than the way the apostle Paul said it. Listen to Romans eight thirteen. If you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, then you will live. Sin brings death. We are to be fighters of sin. That's, that's a mark of someone who has faith in Jesus Christ. We're to be fighters of sin, understanding that sin brings death. Friends, thanks for watching or listening. If you're on YouTube, please hit subscribe. If you'd like to just listen to these uh, devotions, search Noel Deer on your favorite podcasting app. Further info at noeldeer.com. I hope you have a great day as you endeavor to abide in Christ.